0: DJ PK, Donovan Mitchell's out for the rest of the regular season. Questions up on Facebook. It's up on Twitter as well. He's going to be reevaluated before the playoffs to determine his availability. What's your guess on what will happen? How is this going to play out? And it seems like to date, PK, the most common reaction is they're just being really careful. He'll be ready for game one of the playoffs. If, I had to put, if you had to put a number on that, is that 100% true? You want to go with it's 80% true? It's a 50-50 call. You got no idea. You grew up in Jersey. You have the gut instinct as you just told us your sister can get a water bottle past security just by staring them down and reciting 10 things that may or may not have any relationship to the truth. But you get the water bottle in. So that Jersey gut instinct, baby. I'm just a naive guy from San Diego. What do I know? Which way's the beach?
1: That's to the West.
0: It is. Thank you.
1: Although the first time that I flew back, I flew into Philadelphia as an adult. Mm -hmm. I was with my wife and I got to rent a car and we were going over to Ocean City, which is a popular destination. Dr. Jack Ramsey had a house there. So did Pat Croce, the old uh, owner of the Sixers. It's about uh, an hour away and I get out of the airport and i'm seeing signs and back then you know you just couldn't punch something into your phone and i got lost because i went west cuz i'm figuring i'm going to the beach well in the second half of my life the beach was west <laughs> and i had to recalibrate no 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 i'm in the east coast now i'm in philly the beach is east <laughs> So I had to get back uh, on the uh, road and make a turn and, and go east. I had everything. an
0: early morning flight out of Boston once, and it was the first time I have ever... Because I've spent, I've spent very little time on the East Coast. I've lived on the western side of the U.S. Oh, my whole life. Oh, believe me, we know. And the water, the sun coming out of the water in the morning, that was weird. Used to the sun setting. Correct. Weird.
1: Yes. Weird. I can understand that. If you, if you wanted sunrise photos are coming up out of the water. You had to get there early, obviously. And in the summer, you know, you got to be there at uh, in the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock hour when it rises. So my instinct says that Donovan Mitchell, uh, he's he's a gamer. I think we've seen that. I really appreciated his effort last year in the bubble, and I really appreciated how hard he took it. I've always said sometimes it bothers you when the fans take it harder than the player. And that's not the case with him. So you know full well if he can be out there, he's going to be out there. And I, and I wouldn't put it past Mitchell to score 37 in the first game. For for some reason, you know, we talk about the quarterback with the it factor. Yep. We don't, and, and that's a big thing, the it factor. We had John Beck on a couple of weeks ago talking about the "it" factor, and it's sort of a nebulous definition, and but yet it's, it's real. Also, it's real. It's visible in a thing that mm. is undefinable. Well, I think that too—that's something that you can use in basketball, even though we don't talk about the "it" factor in basketball like we do in the quarterback in in the uh, whether it's college or high school or whatever, and obviously in the NFL too. And we'll find out who this batch of quarterbacks, uh, who has it and who doesn't going forward uh, in the next uh, two to three years in the NFL. But you look at Donovan Mitchell, and in my mind, man, he absolutely has the it factor. He's a charismatic dude. He really is. Has, the only thing he doesn't have is height, which I'm thankful that he doesn't have the height, because he wouldn't be with the Jazz if he had the height. <laughs> you know, He would have gone first or second in the draft. He was of, like Kobe yep. Bryant's height. And so, you know, he lasted till whatever was 12 or wherever he was picked and then traded. But everything else, he's got. And he really has it in abundance. So I'm putting nothing nothing past, I was going to say nothing, but that doesn't sound good. I'm putting nothing past Donovan Mitchell. So right now, my expectations for Donovan Mitchell are to come out of the. Uh, injury situation and really take the playoff by storm because this is something that he's been working for since last year, since he collapsed on the floor in Orlando. And then he made his statement that uh, the first round exits, we're done with that. And he said it so definitively that I believe him. So my instinct says he's going to come out and he's going to just do great. And to carry it forward at 24 years of age, I'm going to say there's going to come a time where he is making a Hall of Fame speech.
0: There it is! I, think mo- I don't think that's that controversial. I think most people agree with you. I think at the rate he's scoring and some of the winning he's done early in his career and the charisma level he's got... And, you know, whatever level of leadership he has now, I think it's easy to project him as an even, you know, stronger, more vocal leader when he's a 28- and 30-year-old guy. And, yeah. you know, there's 22- and 24- and 26-year-olds who are like, I watched you in high school when you were in the bubble. You know, that kind of stuff. Oh, so yeah, yeah, it just yeah, seems exactly. like yeah. that's the track he's on, right? And and we don't we see some of it now, but we don't see quite as much of it because he's got a bunch of teammates in his 30s. Uh, but, you know, just... Father Time marches on, and that will change in a few years. So I think you're on track there. And with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, having just put out its traditional mixed bag of this year's inductees, people are like, why aren't they in? People are like, yeah, that's about the right time for them to go in. And people are like, they're in? (sighs) Are we surrounded by Hall of Famers, PK? We've had Hall of Famers here. Lavelle Edwards, right? Jerry Sloan. Obviously the statues. Stockton yeah. in Malone. So, regardless of college or pro, and regardless of sport, Hall of Famers. Because, like the the, the '90s, it was we were loaded with them. Now what we, we were? Got? Yes. Now yes, what definitely. do we got?
1: I don't know what they do as far as college, but I think Kyle Whittingham's got to be bearing down on it.
0: Okay, that seems plausible. Probably need a uh, Pac-12 title or playoff appearance. He's got the longevity that you need. He's got a lot of the accolades, and maybe maybe the sugar bowl in the undefeated season, he's already got it.
1: That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was. And you capped it off by beating Alabama and Nick Saban. Yeah.
0: Wire to wire. How about we get a 20-point lead? And when you finally rally back and just get a taste of, all right, we're back in the game. Boom, we're going to the length of the field, and you're not in the game anymore. You are not winning. Beat him twice. Yeah, right?
1: Yeah. That was one of the few times I was openly rooting for the team I was covering because uh, back then newspapers were much stronger, so they had a separate press box for electronic. Now, I'm an old newspaper guy in many ways, and in my day, even today,
0: don't uh, cheer in the press box.
1: No, it's just it's unheard of. You can laugh and say, "Oh, that was a bad call" or whatnot, but there's no openly cheering. And they had me in the overflow with radio and television, and guys were openly cheering. It was the Alabama folks were driving me nuts. And then there was a, a somebody here locally. Uh, who was cheering openly for the Utes? Well, that's just a flat-out no-no. That's a cardinal sin, where I come from. You don't do that, and they will eject you from the press box. In fact, they make an announcement every time the Football Writers Association or the broadcaster, blah blah blah, cheering is unacceptable. Blah blah blah, and they they tell you, and they need and that. And that announcement is more pronounced than ever. Because you got so many dot-com folks who are basically they're hardcore fans of the team that they're there for. And so they're not the traditional crusty uh, female or male newspaper writer who, if anything, they'll boo rather than cheer. It's just the way we're wired. Uh, so, But in that situation, it was so fun to see the Utes put the beat down on Alabama. <laughs> because these Alabama people just open they were loud and cheering it was just so unacceptable so that was fun but yeah that was quite the accomplishment back then I mean I, I could argue doing that was going to be harder than winning the Pac-12 even though they haven't done it yet because there's really no surprise that they haven't done it because if you look at the Pac-12 there's
0: a handful of teams that control it and a bunch yeah. of teams who win once every generation yeah, or yeah. once every two or three generations yeah. plus University of Arizona's never won it outright.
1: Right. In Arizona, we know hardcore cheaters. We didn't talk about it, but Bob Bafford is an Arizona grad. I mean, they're just <laughs> wired is? to
0: cheat. He's a U of A guy. You didn't know that? I, you know, I think now that you bring it up, maybe oh, hey. I had heard it before, but uh, it absolutely wasn't on my radar two minutes ago.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a U of A. Oh, they've trotted him out there like a horse in the winter circle many times.
0: So he is to Tucson what the, uh, the Unser family is to Albuquerque?
1: Uh, you could argue that. The yeah, link to I, the big time. Yeah, he. I think he grew up down su- – Tucson is southern Arizona, but he was south of that, down by the border, down by, like, Douglas and O'Gallis. You can look it up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and he went to Arizona. They had a school within their university, which he did, some type of horse training thing, obviously uh yeah and he's been on there he's been on social media you know mocking asu and all that and the rivalry which is fine i mean it's a rivalry but yeah he's he's a he's a state of arizona guy and he is a university of arizona alum and so as we know they're wired to cheat i I think the, the evidence on that has been overwhelming so uh they have not been to the rose bowl but you know. Others have the taste, but that's it. It's really, as you say, controlled by a handful. So uh, the huge breaking through, when that happens, not if, I believe it will happen, that that will be a major accomplishment. But Kyle's going to go down as the winningest coach in Utah history. He's going to go down as making the transition. From uh, the Mountain West to the Pac-12, with a couple of, it's like the transition that he did was made better by having two five and seven seasons. If he would have come in and just gone ten and two right off the bat, well, that wouldn't have been that impressive. In he a sense. had to build it up. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Right. He did. He he had to cycle through the Mountain West recruits. And I had a coach once go through and break down who they were playing in those earlier days and how they were decent Mountain West players, but they weren't Pac-12 players. And he literally went through all the guys, and I don't even remember their names now because it's over a decade ago. But he he went he broke it down for me one day, and okay, and he was saying how in a couple years. Uh, We'll have this, this, and this, and we'll be better at this, this, and this. And, and it happened. So I would think Kyle would be one. And certainly, I think Rudy and Donovan will be in the Basketball Hall of Fame.
0: Can you say that already, or they're on the path to do it? You know, because you can start putting together the individual honors and yeah. then it can go sideways. Now, if they're on this path and the path keeps elevating the way it seems to be, and honestly the way everyone hopes it will, you know, are we a little ahead of the curve and wishing it? It's a mm-hmm. different deal, and it's clear now, obviously. you know, but Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer got off to a really good start, right? All-Star games, Olympic team, a conference final, but it didn't it didn't build from there. It turned out the conference final was the peak. And in retrospect, well, you won a game seven on the road, which was awesome, right? And eight upsets won. And so you're into the conference final. But you got beaten in five, and you never got back. And then oh, Darren's okay, career okay. didn't. You know, it's okay. it, the Chris Paul, Darren Williams thing, like their peaks are still the same. But there's a longevity thing, and it does seem like Chris Paul is still on an upward path. You know, people have been ready to write him off while you're early 30s going into mid-30s. Now you've bounced through four teams, and he's been on four teams in five years, right? But you just took a team that was team 13, 14, or 15 in the West, and you turned him into team one or two. Now there's some young guys growing up, and there's a new coach, so there's credit to be spread around. But come on, he's a big piece of the puzzle. Oh, no question. Now – Ultimately, you know, head to head with Darren, it was always a problem for him. And you know, if you compare like how many playoff series they've won and conference finals, NBA finals, NBA titles, okay, some numbers you get out there, they get to be zero, right? Neither guy's been to a final, neither guy won a title. So some stuff, but the longevity thing and the getting better late that that matters. These guys are the, the two current guys are off to a really good start, and you can see the path, but they still got to do it.
1: I, I look at uh, Carlos Spoozer had limitations with his size yep. and his defensive ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren, uh, he was, uh, what do they call it, uh, high-maintenance guy. I mean, he had an attitude, right? Yep. Uh, there was a guy in our market who went down to Vegas to cover the Olympic trials and walked in. I think it was Olympic trials or whatever it was. They were playing games down there, and he walked in. And uh, Williams looked at him and said, what the bleep are you doing here And it wasn't in a friendly teasing manner uh, and we know that, that that got him and you look at Mitchell he doesn't even, he doesn't seem to have that and Rudy's going to get in because of his defensive ability and he's already established himself as a dominant defensive player and Mitchell Mitchell is going to be whatever Chris Paul ends up being which is really good yeah Mitchell's going to top it. And he's going to top it in terms of, or at least match it in marketability. Because they have that personality. And we know, what, what is the, the State Farm? Is that the yeah. all the commercials that yeah. uh, uh, Chris, Chris Paul, Paul does? does. Yeah. Well, if the Jazz should get to a final, Mitchell's got everything that Chris Paul has in terms of ability to communicate and charisma and mm-hmm. smile and uh, intelligence and all the stuff that marketers are looking for Mitchell's got it man he I don't know that the, those people realize it but the get yourself yeah get yourself attached to him and you'll go places cuz he's got it he's got it all so yeah, I think, yes, I agree with you. They're on the path and they're not there yet. But I see absolutely no reason why it gets derailed. And then before we go, of course, in the Pro Hood F- Football Hall of Fame, I would put in Zach Wilson.
0: See what you did there. Uh, in all the seriousness, heart? what about uh, Alex Smith?
1: Alex Smith.
0: Oh, I would say no without no. the injury and the comeback, and that leaves the door open. The odds are probably against him. I'd say 70-30 against, but there's a shot.
1: I just don't think he was good enough.
0: Didn't have the height because, like, the five or six playoffs he was in, one conference title game. And then he
1: got undercut. They went with Kaepernick, oh right, as the team was getting really right? good. Yeah. He went through all these struggle. And then and had they start him, to and, get good.
0: And won an epic playoff game to get to the NFC title game the year before. Uh, beating the Saints, the four touchdowns on the last four possessions, the last eight minutes of the game, that was an epic NFL playoff game. And he made the plays. And the next year, they're on their way. And you're like, okay, are they going to build off it? All the stuff that's being said about the Jazz, you know, you got a taste of it, can you build off it? He gets a concussion, and they never let him start again. Nothing on his play, just uh, this other guy, we think he's got more potential. We're going with him. So, would they have gone to the Super Bowl with him? Would they have won it? Would they have? It's all just if, if, if.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know. Another kid that I, I would, like, keep an eye on is Jalen Johnson.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's early. But a lot of talent. Could he have that kind of career and get there?
1: At a position that's identifiable. You know, most of us, we don't look at offensive line. Some defensive line, certainly edge rushers.
0: Haloti Nada. Uh, Haloti
1: Nada was obviously the one you're going to go to yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I think he would because he was a prominent inside guy who got a lot of run. And he's He ought to be coming guy. up
0: on five years retired. He's, I don't know if he's eligible yet.
1: Yeah, but cornerback, you know, you can identify them a little bit easier, and Jalen Johnson has met every level of criteria that was in front of him, and he's f- passed it with flying colors.
0: hello uh, Nada, not eligible yet. He's been out three years. He played in 2018.
1: Only three? Okay.
0: Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us.
1: The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
0: Hey, Garrett Bowles is going to be on the show. Pro bowler Garrett Bowles. What's he um, doing? How, how about, didn't he get to look like, oh, by the Broncos? No, he just signed a huge deal with he the did? Broncos. Yes. Wait a minute. I sent you an email. Uh-huh. I know I saw that, but in I... fact, I'll read it. Former University of Utah Snow College standout and current starting Denver Bronco <laughs> All-Pro offensive tackle oh, Garrett Bowles. I skipped over that part. Garrett is being honored at <laughs> the sure. National Football <laughs> Foundation celebration. And he's going to jump on with us. I honor <laughs> I honestly have never hoped somebody wasn't listening more in my entire career. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust.
1: On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Time to get you up to speed on everything that happened during this show. We have talked about a lot of stuff. The Phoenix Suns, P.K., Getting beat by the Warriors. They had the lead in that game. They couldn't pull away. The lead seemed to bounce between five and eight points for a big chunk of the night. And then they got outscored 30-18 in the fourth quarter. And they had no answer for Wiggins, who went for 38 points on 17 of 24 shooting. How surprised were you to see the Suns lose to the Warriors when the Warriors were going back-to-back and the Suns had had a night off and the Warriors had had to play a hard game against the Jazz?
1: And also in a game in which Steph Curry went one for 11 from three. Uh, I think that was – because I think it was four for 24 in the last two games. He was. That's right. And they've won both of them. So that was a surprise to me right there. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see that game, but I was listening to it on my uh, satellite radio uh, to follow it as I had had the Laker game on too. was flicking back and forth with some baseball. It was a busy night for me. My thumb is a little sore right now. And, (laughs) uh, yeah, I was surprised on that. I – I'm not watching them to the level that I watch the Jazz. Uh, but Chris Paul and Booker, they did their thing. Expect that out of them. But I've been saying this for a few games now, that DeAndre Ayton is, is a non-factor offensively.
0: Yeah, he was again.
1: And, and, and I'm wondering, and he's getting, he's getting no uh, opportunity, so I don't know what's going on. I'm going to be listening. I'm going to go to the gym here in about an hour, and I listen to their, their midday show. And I'm going to say – because they've been talking about it. And and Aiden's been a little – he's knocked for being passive. Uh, But, you know, as a center, you need somebody to get you the ball. You can't go get it yourself and just start jacking up shots.
0: Well, you can get it off offensive rebounds, but I get your point. I just think in this era of the NBA, the way the game is played and with the team, the Go Bears and the Aitans of the world, you know, it's just – the, the days of Shaq and Karl Malone and whatever other low post score you want, the, that's gone. It's not how the game is played. But I still think if you're athletic and you have some size, you ought to be good for 10 to 15 points a night, minimum, maybe a little more than that. But there ought to be a few lobs, there ought to be a few offensive rebounds, there ought to be a few free throws. So when I see it with six or eight points or something like that, I'm like, what happened? The, the, honestly, the next thing I do is check foul trouble in minutes. I mean, did you not play that much? What happened? Because, you know, Gobert pretty routinely gets 15 points, and they're not running a lot of stuff for him, but there's going to be stuff there over the course of the game. There has to be.
1: But Aiton has more offensive game than Rudy.
0: Right. But I still get that given who else is on the floor, they don't want to take advantage of that, and they don't run stuff for him very often. But guys are going to get into the paint on the dribble. Defenders are going to rotate, and you are going to be free for some easy layups and dunks.
1: But see, that's what I'm talking about. Beyond that, though, he's Off, a, offensive he's
0: a, rebounds. No, he's a pick
1: and pop guy.
0: Yeah.
1: You can you can throw the ball back to him, and he can hit the 15 footer. Gobert doesn't do that.
0: No, favors he does. Still but has Gobert doesn't.
1: more yeah. offensive opportunities. So I don't know what's going on there. I think that's something that they're not exploiting, or at least using to an advantage for an occasion. Uh, so we'll see if that can get better. But, yeah, the Suns, they're missing Cam Johnson. Crowder came back and had a great game. Uh, they moved him. He's been back for a couple games, but they moved him into the starting lineup, and he had been starting before he had his injury, uh, and he was his shot was on. But they're, they're slumping at the wrong time, and they don't have an excuse. At least if the Jazz lose a close game, well, they're starting backcourts out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just go right to that every time. Yep. And there's legitimacy there. So, and for as many doubters that there are with the Jazz, I think you can double and triple it for the Suns when it comes to the postseason.
0: Lakers beat the Knicks, Uh, they lost Caruso, the injuries keep coming, LeBron did not return to the lineup despite all the expectations and the probable and all that stuff. He was sitting in street clothes over there watching the game, rooting, cheering like a fan, he wasn't out on the court, and the Lakers found a way to win without him. Wesley Matthews with a putback to get him to overtime, and then Taylon Horton Tucker with a game-winning three after Julius Randle hit a big three against his old team and the Knicks were all pumped up, and then THT answered. He's the next big thing, right, PK?
1: Well, I had heard that I got a, uh, somebody I know uh, real close to the Lakers, and he had told me a couple of months ago, I said it on air, To uh, they, they really like this young fella. And he's 20 years old. Uh, we'll see what he can develop into, and if the Lakers have a find there, maybe they do. Uh, it seemed like every once in a while you ought to stumble into a find just by dumb luck, so we'll see what uh, what they got going there. I'm interested in that. But the Lakers, man, and uh, they're short on bodies. Huh? Anthony Davis talking about his groin was bothering him. And you have to wonder, is it just going to take its toll? Because let's remember, Happy Hairston is not walking through that door.
0: Old school. The battle for 3-4 continues on. Clippers blew out the Raptors. Nuggets edged the Hornets. Kawhi had 20. The Joker had 30. So potential second-round opponents for the Jazz and the Suns should they get through the first round. Clippers and Nuggets are battling for 3-4. and four. And the Clippers with a, uh, a one-game edge on Denver right now.
1: For 3? Yeah, that's great news for the Jazz. I mean, clearly you would rather have the Nuggets in round 2, wouldn't you?
0: Uh, Yeah, I would think so.
1: I mean, no knock on them, but they've got their injury issues, too. I don't think they'll be somebody you could just waltz over, but they've got injuries. They're not—they won't be—and cl- that's a fact. They will not be close to 100% in the postseason.
0: No, we got we got. Them, maybes on health for the Jazz yeah. and for the Lakers, uh, maybe for a little lesser degree, but for the Clippers, uh, whereas with the Nuggets, it's it's definitive. You know, Murray's out. Uh, Portland and Dallas are tied. Dallas won last night, so they're now tied for fifth, a game in front of the Lakers, who are seventh. And those three teams all seem to be playing pretty well. And Well, the Lakers are not, but the other two seem to be playing pretty well. The Lakers are trying to give it what they've got, and that was an impressive win last night. But they've played more poorly over the last ten games, but none of them want to be in uh, in that seventh spot. See,
1: I disagree with that completely. With what? Be in the seventh spot and you get the Suns? That's ideal.
0: Well, I think that they don't want to be in the playing tournament.
1: But I get your yeah, point. So you get the Clippers in the first round. So I would rather take my chances with beating if, the. Warriors. If I'm in seven, I know that I I win. I got two chances to get in. Right, because if you're in seven and you lose, then you go play the ten or seven or eight, whichever it loses. We'll just use seven because that's the that's the thing I'm saying. And it looks right now could change. We don't know for sure. But I just don't think you're desperately trying to avoid that. Because if you're trying to win a title, then you're not worried that much about the 7-8 game. You're thinking, what's our best path to the title? And to me, the best path to the title is to be 7th, and then I get the Suns in the first round. And it gives me an opportunity to get healthy because you can't beat the Suns when well, you're not going anywhere anyway. So I, I know we're supposed to pump this thing up, and it has been good for the league. I agree 100%. But I disagree that teams are trying to avoid this at all costs.
0: Uh, I get your logic on what the reason to embrace seven if it happens, but when LeBron is saying, you know, this bleep and someone needs to be fired, <laughs> I think the Lakers are avoiding. LeBron has set the tone, and I can't believe the Lakers are going against him. Now, to a certain degree, the guys we're seeing, they're playing hard because they're playing for contracts, too. Let's not forget, right? They're playing for the spot yeah. on the team when LeBron yeah. makes his inevitable off-season decisions on what the Lakers need to do and exactly. tells Palenka what needs to be done. So I get that that stuff's out there, too. But, man, I think everybody wants out of that seven spot. Now, some of it no, may no. be, hey, just because you get out of seven doesn't mean you end up in six. There's three teams separated by a game. You get to five, you get the Nuggets, for all the reasons you just well, that's said. That's another story. You know, like, yeah. hey, let's get to five and get the Nuggets, and then we get the Jazz. Let's Agreed. take that. Let's get to five. As so a five, six, seven are, are pretty uh, jumbled there.
1: Okay. There's, and, and the I, Lakers are in trouble. Well, well said. Good point. Portland
0: has the tiebreaker over both Dallas and the Lakers. So I think... Of the three teams, Portland's the one who's definitely thinking we can totally get five, and we will take our chances with the Nuggets and the Jazz.
1: And that has nothing to do with the play-in. So we've decided that the play-in has allowed and forced every team in every league under the sun to play hard at the end. It's not just the play-in. The Blazers would want—and I'm all for the play-in. I'm not knocking it, but I think the play-in is getting a little bit too much credit here because the Blazers would be trying for five irregardless of a play-in or not.
0: That part's true, and I also think guys are playing for contracts next year, but I do think that this week, the last week and the week we're—well, we're into now, or midway through it, I guess, Wednesday, but I just think these last—this end of the season— there are more teams playing hard and fewer teams shutting guys down and mailing it in, and 30 point blowouts with G League rosters. And you and I don't even know who some of these guys are. Like, who is this guy who's playing? We're not getting as much of that now. And the that's teams, great. The teams we're getting it from Houston, Oklahoma City, maybe the Detroit Pistons, we're ignoring those teams.
1: Great and good. That's why, yeah, you want to have it to be here to stay? I'm all for it. But I also think that Phoenix and the Suns. It has nothing to do with any play-in.
0: Cautionary tale, and I—I I don't know this for a fact, but I believe it to be true anyway. I just think there's uh, phone calls, texts, and emails zipping around the NBA right now. There's a lot of money at stake for the league to make the playoffs, make sure the playoffs go off. And I know last year they were in the bubble, and that was a—that was a tougher task. But the Padres just got hit with a COVID outbreak. They lost three of their eight position players and two of the, I think they had four or five, I think they had five guys, uh, utility players on the bench. So they've had positive tests and contact tracing sidelined in five out of 13 guys. For whatever reason, it didn't hit their pitching staff. Maybe those guys don't go to dinner together, whatever it is. They were still, in baseball they have this rule, like 85% vaccinated, then you're given more freedom as far as what you can do and what you can't do and all that. Uh, and so the NBA's had a really good run here. In mid-season there were some outbreaks, but I think they've had a pretty good run lately. But yep. this would be terrible if it happened to a high-profile team in the playoffs. Uh, oh, and yeah, so, absolutely. like, keep your guard up, guys. We can't have these playoffs. We can't have them messed up. And the Padres lose Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, top ten stars in baseball, where would you rank him? Second. Oh, really? Yeah. That is right up there. And base, Basketball doesn't need to lose a top 10 star or the number two celebrity in the game to COVID in the playoffs. Well, the
1: Warriors guy, Lee, didn't he get COVID after having the vaccine?
0: Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, and so that's you know, where you no. go with the whole 90% of the, you know, so if 10 guys on a team get it, you know, still the odds are somebody out there is vulnerable. So keep the guard up. Um, Padres won last night anyway because Manny Machado went nuts and Homer and drove in five runs, but... All right, DJ PK, your feedback. will wrap up the show next. Stay with us.
1: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Buy the A's, build the stadium where the prison is currently, and let Silicon Valley or all those IT guys pay for it is right next to them. Coach Tim is one of my all-time favorite guests on 1280. I don't have any questions for him, but I do have a request for DJ. Will you please listen to his questions and laugh at his jokes instead
0: of studying the next question you have for him? Because that diet dude is fun. <laughs> <laughs> He's fun. Knee, knee, knee. Fifteen seconds ran out. Or is just fun. You can't go with 15.7 seconds. You get 15 and that's that. Hey, who was first with the whole point of the mountain, uh, the former prison site? Let me pull that up. Hold on. I want to give them a shout out here. What do you mean? That was their plan for a new ballpark, right? So that was Ashton first, Dwight was the
1: second one. So we're going to displace Utes and put a baseball stadium there?
0: Boom! Potster. Pretty late in the show for that take. Where was that take? Just didn't think of it in the 7 o'clock hour. You didn't
1: bring up the prison site. That'd be great. I don't care where it is.
0: <laughs> Just get them here.
1: Yeah. Who cares? Really, man.
0: I, I would label it as kind of like pie in the sky watching the clouds go by, but it was somebody who, while they didn't have the money, had access to people who have money. I'll tell you off the RPK. PK. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't for attribution. I'm sure of that. Uh, but they said uh, Harriman. Or the point of the mountain when the prison's gone. Those were the uh. two best spots. So and someone
1: who has acts to, access to money. So you were talking to Honey then. Hey-o! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it when you get to the point of the show where you feel like it's over and you just don't care. <laughs> it's really freeing. I it care just, passionately. It, it's freeing. Every single word. I know, but you have, you have like at 7.40, you have takes. You have watched games. <laughs> There's somebody who succeeded, somebody who failed. There's something that's going to happen in two weeks, and you just smell it now. And you got to get it out there and get it on the record. Or you were texting with somebody at 11 o'clock at night and somebody told you something.
1: Uh (laughs) But now
0: it's just like, woo, (laughs)
1: whatever I got, let it rip. It's also fantasy. It's not real. We're not talking about the jazz tonight. No. We're talking about... The Oakland A's moving to Harriman or the Point of the Mountain. <laughs> yes. I don't know what city the Point of the Mountain Prison is in. Uh, Draper. Draper is that what it is? Okay. I don't I know where the know There's
0: that. a Draper Riverton line over there somewhere. Okay. In there, it's, I don't know. It's firmly in Draper. Oh, it is. Okay. okay
1: so once that becomes reality, uh, or if, which is a huge if, I'll give you all sorts of serious takes. But right now, we're just having fun with it. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's a dream. It doesn't seem like it's anything close to anything. So.
0: Landry Landry says it well. How cool would it be if the Oakland A's moved to Salt Lake? And Landry says, I'd love to see it, despite how unlikely it is. It's not impossible, mind you, but it's unlikely, with other markets that have ownership groups slash plans in place looking to land the team.
1: And plus the A's would be the perfect team because they're always the perpetual underdog.
0: Sweet.
1: I'm pretty sure the Yankees aren't moving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's your take, huh? Thanks for that.
1: Got a shot at Boston because that's Red, an old decrepit stadium. The
0: Red Sox are locked down. <laughs> they figured out way to make ways to make more money in there. And one of the brilliant, really under I I think there was a time where it never occurred to anyone to put seats on top of the Green Monster. And now, if you see some old clip of yeah, some oh, yeah, old yeah, yeah, baseball yeah. game and yeah, there aren't yeah. people on top of the Green Monster like, why aren't there people on the Green Monster? It's one of those things that didn't seem, it didn't occur to anyone for a long time, and now it seems like it should have been the most obvious thing in the world. Hey, you want to sit on top of the Green Monster? Yes!
1: (laughs) I'm going to watch a game from there one day. I've been up there, and I've sat in those seats. I took the tour before a game, Mm. uh, but I would love to watch a game from up there.
0: Yeah, our seats were out in, uh, the one game I got to go to at Fenway, they were out in right field. Which I have to say was an enormous party. People were singing the entire game. It's uh, they've got the Fenway's old school and all that, but with the video board and the music and the the whole game presentation thing, it didn't feel old school at all. I mean, they sing "Sweet Caroline." Everyone makes a big deal about that. They were singing every half inning. People were having a great time out there.
1: And knowing the time that you told me. I'm happy that you still have bits of memory of that game.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, Yock? I mean, holy cow.
0: Holy cow. You Stories we could tell. Yeah. Not seven like that bu- time I was tailgating at the Jets Giants game.
1: Seven bucks a pop, and boy, you emptied your wallet.
0: Eight. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot of people talking about Donovan this morning, and Jeff is the most definitive. Definitive. Donovan will be reevaluated before the playoffs to determine his availability. What's your guess on what will happen? Jeff, he will play in the playoffs. Period. Hope so. Jeff, sure he'll be ready for the, for the, uh, the postseason. I believe it. All right. Well, we sit here on May 12th, and we are still at a week from Sunday probably. That has been the best Ten guess. 10 days to go, yeah. Yeah, and I talked to someone with the Jazz and they're like, "We don't know for sure, but we're assuming, but there's nothing to go on cuz the play-in tournament deal is new, but it seems like they'd be giving these teams an extra day off." Good. You know. So, we'll see. They don't know for sure either, and if they well, at least the person I talked to, maybe somebody above them does, who knows. All right. DJ, <laughs> you got people coming up with nicknames. The Salt like A apostrophe ZZ. Because you can't have the A's with an S. You've got to have the double Z. So now it's the A's. See, uh, people laughing at that. Only if they become the Salt Lake Bees, B's, B-apostrophe-S, or B-apostrophe-ZZ. Z. right, you, keep people, you people keep working on nicknames for the team that isn't here yet and the stadium that isn't built because you want to have the right nickname in case the time arrives. So you do that, and then scouting hands are up next.